0: Did you get a chance to look at the limit as x goes to 0 of negative 1 over x squared? If this were given to you as a problem to do, you would have quite a few choices, and it depends on what you're most comfortable with. You can look at the graph, or you can make a table of values, or you can use kind of some calculus ideas to do it. So, since we just looked at the graph of 1 over x squared, I will show you the graph of negative 1 over x squared. If 1 over x squared is always positive, then the opposite of it is always negative, isn't it? The opposite of a graph uh, just reflects the graph in the x axis. And actually, 1 over x squared looks more like this. It's it's steeper here and flatter up here. And I'm just going to start over. (laughs) Maybe something like this, negative 1 over x squared equals y. I'm sure your graphing calculator would do a much better job of this. But it's just something that's always negative. And it's the reflection of positive 1 over x squared in the x-axis. So the graph goes like this. And so if you want to think about the limit as x goes to 0, you need to look at going to 0 from both sides. But on the graph, approaching 0 from the right, the y values are going down toward negative infinity. And approaching 0 from the left, the y values are still going down toward negative infinity. So from both sides of 0, it looks like the limit as x goes to 0 of negative 1 over x squared should be negative infinity. Now, you might say, but what if I don't have the graph? What if this function is a lot more complicated? I know how you math teachers are. You always throw these horrible problems at us that we don't know how to graph. So how are we supposed to figure it out? So there's another way you can do it. And it has its disadvantages as well. But if you think about the table of values, as x approaches zero from the right you have negative one on top and then you have one-half squared on the bottom for this first point and that's negative four and then if you divide by one-third squared you have negative one on top and one-third squared on the bottom so you have negative nine so you can see that The smaller x gets on the positive values. You have one one-hundredth in the bottom here for one-tenth. And you have negative one on top. So you always have negative, don't you? Because the bottom is always positive. So you have negative one over one one-hundredth, negative 100. So if you can look at the formula from the beginning and see that the numerator is always negative, and the denominator is always positive, then do you really need this table? If you can imagine that getting closer and closer to 0 is going to make 1 over x squared more and more large, but then the opposite will be more and more negative, then you don't really need the table. If you can think about the fact that getting non-zero over zero is going to take you to either positive infinity or negative infinity, then what you need to do is just figure out which one, positive or negative infinity. So looking at this one, negative 1 over x squared, you have something always negative over something always positive, so it's always going to be negative, isn't it? So the whole thing is always negative just like we saw on the graph. But notice we didn't need the graph to know that the y values of this function are always going to be negative. So if they're always going to be negative, they're never going to go to positive infinity, are they? So then you can come over here and use calculus. Say, okay, if I'm going to use direct substitution, I'm going to get negative 1 over 0, which is undefined. The limit does not exist. But then I look at my choices, maybe, on a multiple-choice exam, and it doesn't have does not exist as a choice. It has maybe 0, 1, negative 1, you know, things like that. 10, I'm not sure. And then it has positive infinity and negative infinity. So you need to be more specific than does not exist in this case. And so, you need to look at the limit from both sides. Let's look at the limit of negative 1 over x squared from the right. 0 plus a little bit. When x approaches 0, this thing is either going to be positive infinity or negative infinity because we got non-zero over zero from direct substitution. Direct substitution gives us non-zero over zero. That tells us that the limit from either side is either going to be positive infinity or negative infinity. Plus infinity or negative infinity. Now I have to choose which one. It's just the difference of sign, isn't it? So then I go here and I say, wait, the numerator is always negative. The denominator is always positive. Negative over positive is negative. So it must be that my limit is negative infinity in this case. So the limit as x approaches 0 from the right of negative 1 over x squared is negative infinity. That's also what we saw from the table. That's also what we saw from the graph. Did I need the graph or the table? Not if I know non-zero over zero means does not exist and the one-sided limits will either be going up to positive infinity or down to negative infinity. because That's what happens at a vertical asymptote, which this tells us. So then I just have to figure out, up or down, the sign is what tells me that. As I approach zero from the right, zero, is po- zero from the right, these are positive x values. doesn't really matter, does it? Because when I square them, they're always positive. So I have negative over positive is negative. Similarly, as x approaches zero from the left, negative one over x squared is going to be positive zero, I'm saying, sorry, positive infinity or negative infinity. I was looking at this choice right here. Um, negative 1 over 0 squared is undefined. It tells us we have a vertical asymptote. So my graph is either freaking out going up or freaking out going down. It's an explosion of the graph. And so I have to figure out which way it's going. Zero from the left means slightly negative numbers, like negative 0.01. Negative 0.01 squared, however, is positive. So I have negative over positive again. So, I have negative infinity again. When the left-hand limit equals the right-hand limit, what can you say about the overall limit? When the two one-sided limits are the same, don't they give the overall limit as well? The overall limit as well, we can be more specific than this stuff right here. We can be more specific than does not exist. We can say the overall limit is negative infinity, and in these choices I wrote down over here, that's choice E. So all of this could have been done much faster without all these graphs and tables. But if I don't show you the graphs and tables, then it's just a matter of memorizing what I tell you to do, and that doesn't seem right, does it? And it's a lot a lot harder to remember the steps if you don't know where the steps come from and if you don't know what they're related to. So let's look at another example. And um, we're going to just keep looking at more and more complicated functions and then we're going to move on to looking at all of the function, not just the behavior at the vertical asymptotes. But first, let's do a few more practice problems with more difficult functions.